Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about two arcade games. We're going to talk about Escape to the no escape from the planet of the robot monsters. We <laughs> want to get to it. We want to get out of there. <laughs> yes. And then we uh, we're also going to talk about Shadow Warrior. Yes, absolutely. Um, but before we get into the games this week, um, we have the results of our Amigos box art poll. Outstanding. This poll was uh, conducted several weeks ago. We've we've tallied the many results mm-hmm. into one easy to read picture. Right. And, and by we, we did none of that. We didn't do any of it. This fact, is I'm all sure had the idea to make that. This uh, is all our boy, Pixels at Dawn. Our boy. Faithful Patreon supporter, member of the Amigos Game Selection Committee, and all around cool dude. A handsome Pixels genius. Pixels at Dawn. Uh, so I've got the uh, graphic pulled up here. And uh, we're just gonna we're gonna let all just the results. Show everyone yep. everything right away. That's right. That's how we do it. So uh, first place. Uh, I mean, you can't argue with, you that. Go with Let's go back from fourteen back for the people that are listening. That way, it won't be a, it'll be more surprising. That's for an them. excellent idea. Yeah. Uh, fourteen was time station. I don't really know if that's what that says. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. So, they've got the top 13. <laughs> 13, Whizball. Yep, that's a wacky one. Okay. That's a very wacky one. And I believe, remember, we did, that's one of the few times we actually talked about the guy who did the R, which Whizball and, and the other Whizball. Right. Yeah. We need to probably speed this up because there's nothing worse than reading long lists on a podcast. Whizball, Pushover, UFO, Lemmings, Turrican, Simon the Sorcerer, Monkey Island, It Came for the Desert. Those oh, are 13 through 6, okay? We'll spend some more time on 5 through oh, that was my. So we just, as soon as you get the my pick, you slam on the brakes. Right? That's it came it from the be. desert? That was the one I picked. Okay. I like how it uh, uh, cunningly recreates a uh, 50s-era movie poster uh, with the... Uh, and I think it encompasses what the game uh, is about very nicely, and so that's the one I chose. Cool. Uh, number 5 is Flashback. I, I don't get this one. I don't understand why people think it's cool. It looks like a guy getting a uh, laser lobotomy. <laughs> or he's shooting lasers. You never know which one it is. Um, I think that's a picture of him as he's being scanned, pan scanned, and shoved into that other world. He's, he's like, oh, a crime. Mm. Uh, really, though, that's not what it is. I have no idea what's going on in that video, in that little picture. Alien Breed is number four. That's pretty, uh, I think that's pretty iconic. Pretty that, bitey. Yeah, that H.R. Geiger. Uh, there it is. Yeah, the, uh, the inspired art. Uh, number of the three, number three is, number, the number three. of the three, I was already getting ahead of myself with the title. Shadow of the Beast, it has that cool extended box art. It probably came with a poster, you know, yeah, I think it came with a t-shirt too, right? All the, the, all the Shadow of the Beast games had this really unusual and, and attractive art. Yeah, this is, uh, it's uh, Roger Dean, the same guy that did all the Yes covers. He's tremendous, yeah. tremendous. Uh, actually, he did the logo. I don't know if he did the picture or not. I, I, I can't remember, but I think he probably did. Number two is LeChuck's Revenge. Monkey Island, uh, Monkey Island Two, I think. Yep. Um, and uh, number one, 
with a bullet, this was my pick because I think not only is it the greatest Amiga box art, it's one of the best box arts of all time, uh, Another World. Where the guy's staying and looking at the crazy yeah. world. It reminds me of the picture that you have in your bedroom of the guy looking <laughs> at the crazy with that world. Picture, yeah. I don't know. I like that one too. It's it, uh, Really, there were no duds. Uh, I liked a lot of these actually. Uh, some of these would be better served without the border, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, that's the way they used to do it. So, yeah. You know, like I think Turkin 2 is really awesome. But the border, I don't like the border that much. So, so again, thank you, Pixels at Dawn, for uh, putting this together. And thank you, all of you, that participated in the Amigos Box Art Challenge. That stemmed from, you know, we should feed right into talking about the Discord chat, which is, that's, that actually came from uh, chatting in Discord. But let's oh, talk right, about that. Right, so um, one of the advantages of supporting the show on Patreon is is that you get to be part of our awesome Discord community. So Discord is kind of like a web-based new version of IRC. It's real-time chat. We got people from all over the world, so no matter where you live, there's always going to be somebody awake and, uh, and talking about Amiga, retro gaming, whatever you want to talk about. So... Um, I just that. wanted to let you all know that that is available and that is awesome. It is. I love it every day. We use it every day, nonstop. It's, it's great. All right, Aaron, you've brought your upgraded Amiga 1200 with the new uh, Kickstarter case isn't that, that was in that gorgeous, gloriously donated to us by Mark McDonald, aka Tapes from the Crypt. Thank you the again. Tape. He tapes it set me up good and proper. You know, I did a little video on this, but I thought I'd bring it in because some people don't look at our other videos. And also, there's some stuff that I didn't go over. So here is the gorgeous case right here. Now, a lot of I looked at for pictures and stuff on these cases, and a lot of the ones I found were from our buddies over at Indie Retro News. He did a review of it. And he mentioned some stuff, and I kind of wanted to go over a couple things he'd mentioned and, uh, you know, just shed some light on some of the interesting facets of the case. So you can see it's a total, complete case. Um... They did a real good job. I had no problem fitting any, anything into it. Uh, everything fit quite nicely. Now, one of the things, one of the issues that the Indie Retro News had when they uh, did their review was this PCMCIA slot. He had all sorts of trouble getting his uh, card in. Now, this is one of the uh, cards from Amiga, uh, from Amiga Kit that lets me put an S a uh, Compact Flash uh, card in it. And for me... I didn't have problem one. It just it just went right in without any issue. That's great. So your mileage may vary. Now having uh, I've I've used a lot of PCMCA cards over over my days in the computer world, and some of them are just wacky. Some of them have odd casing. Some of them have little ribs on the sides. So you know I'd say your mileage may vary on that. But I was fortunate, and I'd say a lot of people are probably using this particular card. So. If that was a worry that you had if before getting something like this, and you know, I think he had to shave a little bit of the plastic off to get his in, but I didn't have any trouble with that. So the, uh, you know, so my setup is pretty plain Jane, but this case actually has a lot of attributes that I didn't go over. I wanted to just mention them. This comes with a little, uh, a little sheet that came in it, and I just want to read a couple of the things that it, that it had with it that were I thought were interesting. So one of the things this does have is added. Uh, added mounting points in the internals, all right? Uh, this thing has mounting points for the HXC floppy. It has uh, LCD uh, breakouts on it. If you want to add like the little, you know, little, remember you thought the Amiga came with the digital mm -hmm. display way, way back. Um, this also has support for uh, the key raw. If you want to have an Amiga with the key raw, uh, like I've got the C64, if that would be if you were using something else as your main board. It's also got mounting points to Raspberry Pi. So, if you consider 
getting this case and mounting a, a Raspberry Pi and a Keyrod in it, sort of like what I did with the C64, exactly like that, and then using an Amiga keyboard, you could do it. And it would, and they would have the mounting stuff in there to pull it off. So it's a kind of a neat option. And, uh, since you would be buying a new case, if you could come up with the keyboard and buy the other stuff, then you've got uh, a Raspberry Pi Amiga that looks, I mean, really would look pretty much dead on, like the actual one, so short of the ports and whatnot on the back. And uh, what, if, if you want to learn more about this this case, uh, what is the website to find it? It's a, That's an interesting question. Uh, the uh, website mentioned here is a1200.net, mm -hmm. and they were in charge of the Kickstarter. Now, this is a bit of of uh, fuzziness that I have not been able to figure out. So, a1200.net is up most of the time. Sometimes it's not. Uh, they have a storefront, but they don't sell anything except, um, I think they sell stickers or something. That's it. I don't know if these cases are still available, and I don't know where you get them. To be, I'll be completely honest, I looked. Uh, I know these were kickstarted in 2016, so I don't know if they stopped. Or uh, or what happened? But you know, they, uh, so I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, that much said, uh, just a few other items. Uh, this came. I'm going to grab a couple of these items I had sitting here in the box. This came with a lot of extra stuff that was that was. You could see where it would be handy. Uh, it came with you know on the back of the on the Amiga 1200 is a slot that you can pop open. This came with little mounting uh, brackets. That you can use to, uh, you know, for VGA outputs or whatever. It came with mine. This one came with different size ones. You can see, there's that one, and then it also came with a uh, a bunch of little mounting, little mounts. You know, little yeah. screw mounts mm -hmm. you can put in there to, I guess, mount your key raw or, or or whatever you had in mind. And it also came with. Uh, uh, a, a, a one of these uh, badges. It's sort of a new style. Right, Amiga if you badge. wanted to go with that mm -hmm. one. Uh, I like the chrome badge. And actually, I took a, took <laughs> who, a little poll. Who gave that? I think that who was full was that gave me that. Yeah. And uh, so, overall, uh, I, I think the quality is good. I really have nothing bad to say about them. Of course, I didn't pay for it as, as an added bonus. It was a no lovely gift. But it, here's the nice box that it, mm -hmm. that it ships in. Custom box. Um, one thing they mention on here, and now again, I have not looked into this because I'm cheap. Now uh, they, you know, this is this is something we and we covered this a while back, but there was the keycaps. Keycaps. I've never heard of those. Yeah, before. I know. Um, and I think these shipped. Do you recall if they shipped or not, both? I don't know. I, I know I've seen people recall. with them, so mm -hmm. I'm assuming they take shipped. But again, they're not available at the website. Yeah, to me, and in, in I don't know anything about anything, <laughs> but uh, but it it seems crazy to me that they had this uber successful Kickstarter, and they've obviously got more people clamoring to buy these things, and they've already got the injection molds. Why aren't they cranking these things out? I, well, I don't know what to tell you on that, and and. and they're not cranking them out at Amiga uh, a1200.net. Mm -hmm. So wherever they're cranking them out, should be there should be a link. Um, one final thing I wanted to mention was, uh, and I mentioned this in my video, if you'll notice the, the floppy connector on the end, there's the old white connector. Um, Indie Retro News, in their review, mentioned that uh, the, uh, the, the included cap for the floppy drive didn't fit his. And mine did not fit either. It was the wrong style button, the black one, the replaceable one. Not a, it's by no means is this a deal breaker. However, I dug a little bit and found out from what I read, there are four separate types of these floppy buttons that are around. And just the one I got just had to be the wrong one. Mm. And I guess they ship with a certain one. Um, so 
if you are, and apparently the other ones are available, they were available anyway from the people that put the case together, but I don't know about now. So, you know, your mileage may vary on that. I wish I had more information on where you can go pick these things up, but I'm not 100% sure of the, where, where this outfit is, is distributed now. But they're good looking cases. They made a variety of colors in them as well. It's funny, I never, I saw these cases come out and I never really thought about it much. I got a case, no big deal, because I'm not really a, I'm not really uh, a mod guy, you know. Not You're more a, of a rocker. I'm just no, I'm, I'm a guy who has the screws all out and it sits there just laid open, so I can just go in there, and, you know. But uh, this thing is nice. It's nice. It's nice to have a nice fresh case. It's nice and smooth. Like I thought, my other case was in pretty good shape, but I mean, it's got little divots and 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 stuff for years and years and years of abuse. It is nice. It's very pleasing to slip your motherboard and your keyboard up into a nice fresh. Never before like, touched by man. It's case. like putting on a new pair of socks. It's exactly like that. And I will say that internally, everything fit perfectly. The LEDs fit uh, back perfectly in their slots. And I had no issues whatsoever. And you can see one other thing I should probably mention is that back here where you have your, your uh, mono out here, this spot here is set up to put in uh, a, a VGA port. There are many different... Uh, standards of video outs that you know that are modern and mm -hmm. ancient and this supports the majority of them uh, which is nice and, and so it's all pre-cut and there there are internal pre-cut slots that I didn't knock out for like USB ports and stuff too so they really put a lot of thought into it before they before they put it together and and, and the funny thing is a lot of these slots in fact almost all of them this, you can't even tell that they're there you yeah. can only tell it if you knock them out so it was very smooth I mean I will say and we covered this quite a bit when it came out uh, they did it right, and I, I, what these went for, I've not, I don't recall. But I was, I think it was a couple hundred bucks. I mean, it was pretty pricey. I remember we both thought, "Wow, that's pretty expensive." Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you're going to do it and you're going to charge that much, do a good job. And, I, and, they, and, did. and they did. They yeah. did a good job. So thumbs up to that. Thank you for uh, sending me that tapes, and uh, I plan on putting it to good use. Awesome. Well, Aaron, it's time to move forward into our first game. Which would you like to start with? Let's go ahead and go with Shadow Warrior. Okay. Now, and I'll, I'll lead the dance here, Boat, if I may. So, <clears throat> when Boat suggested, or we talked about what we were going to do this week, uh, we just, I, I was like, well, if we're going to do arcade game stuff, I remembered playing this game on the Amiga, and it was, and it was I remember how happy I was, because it was just like the arcade. I was like, man, this is just like the arcade. But I could not remember what the game was. I knew it had ninjas in it. That's mm -hmm. all I knew. I knew it had guys that had uh, hockey masks. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so uh, uh, I looked around, and and sure enough, once I typed ninja in the lemon search engine, and then typed and then looked for a certain type of game, this popped up. Shadow Lemon's Warriors. awesome for stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I, then I felt sort of like a a, a a goof because I did not realize that there was that this game went by another name. In Europe, so and then I really felt like an idiot uh, because uh, this was released in the U.S. as Ninja Gaiden, the arcade game, which is pretty famous. Not the arcade game so much, but it's uh, console derivatives You're and right. whatnot were. So I remember as a kid being in the arcade, not too young, but seeing this pop out, and the opening of this in the arcade is there's a there's a rainstorm. And a sword sort of goes across the screen, and these two figures jump, leap up and meet. Mm -hmm. And it's a ninja and a, and a Freddy or a Jason guy, and he and the guy cuts him, and the guy hits the screen, and he kind of falls down, and there's lightning strike, and it's, it's an awesome, awesome video footage there. And 
I thought, man, this is the game. And then I played the game. It was pretty fun. Uh, it, it captured a lot of what made ninjas interesting to me as a teenager, which was uh, ninjas doing flips and freaking leaping up in the air and hitting guys from behind and just and spinning around on poles and all kinds of crazy stuff. And it really captured that. So flash forward a few years where my brother had his NES. And I think it was NES. And they released Ninja Gaiden. For the, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be the stuff. And I remember playing it on there. I was like, what is this? This is nothing like the arcade game. And it was, I mean, as, now you know better than me, but this actual game here, did this ever get an NES release, this particular game? I don't think so. And, and I, I was mean, disappointed. Ninja Gaiden was such a success on the NES. It's like, why bother going back and redoing something else when we've got a hit on our Right. Hands? And so, but I mean, for me, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not here to bury that game. I don't know because I don't know about it, but I'm, I was not this. I wanted this. It's a different game for sure. And so, flash forward, I'm sitting there with the Amiga and I get a, uh, I acquire some new software from my buddy Larry and, it, and I get the Shadow Warriors and I stick it in. And I'm like, this is the game. This is it. And and for years, I labored under the illusion that this was just a clone when I didn't realize that this was the European release of the same game. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I didn't know. I didn't know it had two names. So uh, this got released on the Amiga in 1990. Uh, this was developed by an outfit called Tech, uh, T-E-Q-U-E. Uh, they ha- did a couple games that we've, we've actually talked about. These I don't think we ever covered them, but they did... Badlands, uh, Blasteroids, uh, and Bru- <laughs> one I do remember, Wild Wild Cup Soccer, which is that crazy animal soccer mm-hmm. game that we talked about once. Um, and they did uh, Flintstones, the Monsters, they did, and Pit Fighter. They did some real duds. <laughs> no offense to tech. They did some duds. Let's face facts. It came with a couple discs, and it one thing it does right out of the gate that's awesome, simultaneous two-player action yeah which the arcade did that too and that is great and that's definitely not something that the nes ninja gaiden did right um different type of game though all together mm-hmm. right so this was uh, available for the ecs ocs no uh you didn't need anything special and this came out on a few different systems i was actually you know the more we do this show the more surprised i am about not knowing anything and this is another game for a game that i thought was really obscure it came out on a ton of systems you got your amstrad the lynx Got a port of this, the Lynx. Who'd have thunk that, right? The ST, the C64, PC got a port of this. I would have never, if I'd known that, I'd have got it. Mm-hmm. The Specky got a port as well. Uh, the, uh, Of course, again, this is based on the coin-op game, 1988, uh, which that's, that sounds about right because I was, uh, I saw this in the arcade. I saw it on the NES probably the next year, and then I probably played it the next year after that, which would have been about a year after it came out in the Amiga. So... Uh, uh, I just, it's funny how it works. Um, so, what is Ninja Gaiden? Well, <coughs> it's a simple tale, really. Uh, you're a ninja who comes to the U.S., you're coming here to take a guy out. It's actually subtitled Ninja in USA. That's right. Well, that's the that screen. Well, we'll get into that, some of the differences okay. between this and the U.S., okay. or in, between this and the, and the arcade. But that's basically that. What that is saying is that your ninja is coming. Right. He's from coming to America. America. <laughs> That's where all the ninjas go. And so he starts out, he, he has a he has some sucker presumably row him or motor him across the <laughs> across the ocean. And we're row the, me. The thing is he starts in, in New York. So that's a <laughs> That is quite a trip on boat. So I don't know where he came from in his boat, but uh, but he rolls in and then then it's on. And so this is your classic uh, uh, left to right running run around and beat people up game. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with a twist. And the twist is you're a ninja. <laughs> you're not just some schlup, brother. You're a ninja. And so your ninja does some cool stuff. Uh, for starters, he can punch and kick, the usual stuff. But he can also flip, and he does. He flips cool guy style. It's ultra cool guy where style. Where your legs straight like it's you're like Mary a perfect, Yeah, that's, Yeah, and yeah. he lands, and he can also throw like a... He's got like a cartwheel toss he does, mm-hmm. where he, which is vitally important in this game, where he'll talk, grab you and toss you. And he does like combos, like he'll, he does cool guy, you know, Shokasugi style combos. And then he, but that's not all. If that's all he did, that'd be pretty cool. But he also can pick up swords mm-hmm. and use those. And he can also uh, run up walls and do a backflip. Which almost always gets you murdered. <laughs> like I don't know what the use is. I mean, he does it anytime he hits a it wall. Looks cool. It's flippy. That's, oh, it yeah, is. It's, it's awesome looking. So you run through many different stages in this, and the stages. The the let's cut to the chase here. Uh, the best parts of this game are the background. Yes, absolutely. without any doubt. Mm-hmm. And now one of the things this game struck me as when I was saw it in the arcade was how awesome, awesome, awesome the backgrounds were. And there are different areas where he goes. He starts off in the city, then in the second level, you sort of run across the traffic, which I always thought was funny mm-hmm. because sometimes it's it's much harder for this uh, this awesome badass ninja to <laughs> kick all these guys' ass, but he can't run across he, he traffic. He can't successfully like, cross the street. Yeah, and it's funny because now and well, I'll get to him. There are subtle differences in a lot of these scenes, but uh, but in the first scene, he has to he, he have to get through town. Second scene, get through traffic and then get to like to the dock. And then in the third scene, you are in Vegas, like a Vegas-style thing. You have to get, you have to go uh, through Vegas across the rooftops, which is that's probably the the best scene. Mm-hmm. Then later on in the game, uh, there are scenes where he's that where there, which are I don't think are as cool, but there are scenes where like he's in compounds and, and doing and doing. Uh, there's one in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, a lot of the the visual meat is in the first half of this game. Yes, I will say they led with their best foot forward. Yeah, which uh, is good because how many games do we talk about where all the cool stuff is at the end and you can never get right. to it? Now, um, the the ninjas' adversaries are not diverse. Let's just put it that way. You've got you've got three or four guys. You've got a, a big muscle roided up muscle guy with a hockey mask. Mm-hmm. No machete, no chainsaw. He's just a guy. In fact, he's probably the wimpiest guy. And then right. you've got a guy with a log that carries a log around. And then you've just got a couple cronies that come out, too. They're just like just yard trash. They don't do anything that's particularly interesting or exciting. They're just, they're just there. And then, of course, you've got various obstacles you have to avoid, like cars. Um, and you just basically beat the crap out of people. I mean, that's the game. You run through, there are, you know, it's just like your standard run around and beat stuff up game. There are barrels that are and they, full of God knows what that will explode if you throw a guy into them. You've got some guys in this that are they're wearing like a, um, if anyone here, if anyone has ever seen The Master, have you ever seen The Master, the Bruce TV Lee? show? No, no, this was, uh, The Master was a show that came out when I was, in high school, I think it was in the '80s, and it was it had Lee Van Cleef as a ninja master. He was training uh, uh, one of the Van Pelt boys to be a ninja. Is it kind of like the Chuck Norris TV series Sidekicks? No, it's oh. not like that. And but anyway, the num- the master's adversary was a ninja who was played by a guy named Shokasugi, and Shokasugi was a, a big deal in the in the '80s. If you watch the Japanese or I mean American ninja movies, which are the rage, Shokasugi was like the cover boy. 
And in the show, the uh, this is a long way to go for this, but in the show, he wore this kind of wacky mask, and there's guys, one of the some of the flunkies in this are wearing his his mask. So clearly, these guys were Shokasugi or Master fans. Or maybe that mask was used outside of that particular TV show. It is entirely possible. All I know is it looks similar. Uh, I would not compare this movie. Well, I mean, I guess you could compare it to some of the Shokasugi stuff. What it reminds me more of is an old movie that I loved called Jim Cotta. Uh, because in Jim Cotta... Like G-Y-M space K-A-T-A? G-Y-M Cotta. Yeah. It starred a fellow who was an Olympic gold medal gymnast, for real. And uh, I, I, say, I don't want to say Bart Connor. I can't remember his name. But he was an actual gymnast who became a movie star in this movie. And Jim Cotta, and the, his gimmick was he used his gymnastics and to fight the, all the ninjas and stuff. And what this what makes me remind me of this is that in that movie there's a scene where he has to grab a pole mm-hmm. and like and it's like a uh, uneven bar. Yeah, and he's whooping and these guys keep running at him mm-hmm. and he keeps whooping the crap. And out that's of what him. you do in this game. Now even more absurd and one part of Jim Cotta, which admittedly I mean it's one of my all time favorite films and it is the cheesiest cheese dog. Ever Don't tell saw. me there's a pommel horse scene. There is a pommel horse scene. <laughs> How did you know that? There's a scene in this town square where this, they've got like a hitching post. But it happens to have the two handles on top, and boy, he gets up on that thing, and these dumb guys are just lumbering in like idiots. And he's he's using all the cool. We've got to watch this movie. I've it seen sounds that awesome. So many times, I own the extended box VHS copy of Jim Cotta. Uh, but anyway, that's what this reminds me because your ninja can grab hold of flagpoles and stuff, and he's swinging around, and these guys are just lumbering like idiots, and he just kicks them over and over until they die. Uh, so, but I mean, the, the one thing I will say, the bad guys in this. Are another type of the old swarming bad guys. They they hone in on you, and you just get mobbed. And like thousands of bad guys can uh, can possess the same single space on the <laughs> screen. So. And also cars, traffic, nothing hurts them. They just they, they yeah. just they come at you. So uh, what's a ninja to do? Well, not much. I got my butt kicked in this game early and often with, with very limited success uh, until I cheated and turned on the uh, unlimited lives. Uh, on my trainer, and that way I could at least get through it to see the later stages. Now that said, if I, I normally wouldn't recommend a game that I had to cheat to play, but I'm going to recommend a game that I had to cheat to play because getting through this game, it's so ludicrous, and the backgrounds are so good that it bears playing through, even if you have to cheat. For example, uh, in the Vegas area, there's all kinds of really cool-looking lights. There, I mean, they really took the time to rent this. And, and having played this in the arcade, and I went and watched the arcade run through, this game is like the arcade version light. I mean, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect replica. It's not as smooth. It's not as attractive. But it's close. Uh, in the Vegas scene in, 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 in on, the, on this version, you just run through and jump. On the arcade version, there are things spinning around. There's there are other obstacles. Yeah. I, I noticed that on the when, for example, in the level where you have to cross the street, the Amiga version, the the street is like two lanes. It's like nine lanes in the arcade. Well, version. and also in the arcade version, there are street signs there with poles you and can you've swing got, across. Yeah, you got to flip across the so poles. So one of the first things I noticed is on the very first level, you fight this sumo wrestler at a bar, right? The sumo comes out, and it's cool when you knock him down because you can see he's got a big back tattoo, which I thought that was. Hey, I love that little mm-hmm. little details, which was in the arcade, but. If you notice, when you get to the bar, the bar is the door is destroyed. When you get there, well, in the arcade, the door isn't destroyed. Then he jumps out 
and and blow, and the door blows up. And mm. so what they did was they just took some of these stills from the arcade and they transferred them over and they just left the door destroyed. If you look right there, one of the things in the Vegas level, there's a big, huge neon Stan the Lariat Hanson, if you're a Japanese wrestling mm -hmm. fan. And in the arcade, those guys all move, like mm -hmm. lights. But in this version, the lights don't move. Mm. So there are there are things in this version that aren't as good as in, as in the arcade. I mean, obviously, now you can go back and play MAME and whatever. But still, as a conversion, they got most of it smashed in here, which is impressive because this is a pretty large game. It's got many, many. I think it's got. I think it's got seven levels. Uh, it, it's the, the levels are pretty diverse. Like I said, they're not all great, but some of them are outstanding. Uh, there's a level where you fight on an elevated train track that's going across like the Rocky Mountains or something. It's really the background's pretty cool. Some are better than others. Like I said, the Grand Canyon level is pretty poor, but the advertising. Techno like basically pats himself on the back at every turn in this. You see their logo stamped on everything. You see some of their games as graffiti on the walls, mm -hmm. you know, which I loved. I love that. There, this game is all about the little touches graphically. I'm going to assume that whoever did this had access to all the original uh, art and and shoehorned it in as best he could because he, they did a tremendous job. Again, it's not perfect, but it's pretty close. There's another thing that I like. One of the, a couple of the guys you face are these big uh, guys with like spiked shoulder pads and and reverse mohawks. They're the Road Warriors, but in this they're called the Dragons. They're gonna be wrestling at Madison Square Garden. It says it on the sign. And in the arcade, they actually jump down off that sign. And they fight. You. Oh wow! But it's it, basically it's the Road Warriors. The wrestlers, mm -hmm. the Road Warriors. Yeah. They've been they're in a million games. But I thought that was kind of interesting mm -hmm. and amusing. Do you I, think Hawk and the Animal actually got some residuals out of that? Absolutely. It wasn't really. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't call them that. But no. And then one last thing I want to mention. I watched. I didn't. I didn't get to the end of this, but I watched the ending. And the ending of this game. Did you watch the ending? No, I, I didn't make it through the playthrough. <laughs> you fought all the way through all these guys, and at the end, and I went to look at the arcade version. It's the same way. This. This chair, a throne, lowers from the ceiling in this room, and the, the bad guy's sitting in it. It's this big, huge, muscled-up guy with these two swords. Mm -hmm. And I just like the fact that this guy was setting. He was just waiting. <laughs> yeah, he was waiting for you. And you had to fight a big bad guy just to get to him. Mm -hmm. And there's a picture of, like, I don't know if it's Darwin or I don't know. There's a huge portrait on the table. I was like, who is that? But then he, the next room over, he comes down and he lowered in his throne. And he gets up and starts to whoop your butt. I like the idea that a guy is such a tough guy that he just sits in his throne and he's got geeks that lower him down mm -hmm. so he can confront that you. That is pretty end. awesome. It was, that was a great. And then one other little item, at the end of every level when you complete it, it'll have an amusing little picture of what your ninja's doing. And my favorite one, like there's one where you, at the bar when you meet the sumo, it shows him in there having a drink. You know, he's in the bar. The best one is at the casino level when you beat that one, it shows your the ninja with his mask in a suit playing like craps <laughs> with a bunch of girls around. So this ninja knows how to party, wow. which amused me hilarious. That is. That's great. But, you know, so what do you think about this? Would you recommend it to people? I think this was pretty good. I think this was a pretty good game. I, To be honest with you, the I like everything about it, but the, the speed of the game is a real turnoff for me. Uh, the, the way your ninja just sort of moves at sort of half speed. That is the biggest difference from the arcade. He really, it is a slower game. Yeah. Um, 
I think that um, the, the like you said, the backgrounds are the the reason to play. Yeah. I mean, it's they're just they're gorgeous. I wish they would have taken you know a tenth of what they put into the backgrounds and made some more creative decisions in regards to the flunkies instead of just sending the same four guys or five guys out to you. Yeah, the arcade has many more flunkies in it. Than I wish that they would have uh, made the flunkies sort of stage appropriate. Like maybe you got some bad guys or like casino yes. attendants or something like that. That would have been cool. I, I, that I, that would have been a nice touch. But, you know, but the flunkies, I mean, what they've got, are the flunkies are pretty amusing. Mm-hmm. And they, but, I mean, they do swarm you. And something else I noticed, it's like the, this game adds a level of depth that you can walk in the scene. I've noticed that no matter where you're at and where the bad guys are, if they swing, the depth means nothing. Right. They still hit yeah. you. But you have to be on the exact plane a lot of the times to hit them. And that's that's a big problem with a lot of early beat-em-ups is just finding, you know, the early Double Dragons were like that too. Um, but overall, I think this is a solid, solid arcade conversion. And, they, two, and two people simultaneous, yeah. big thumbs up for that. I love that. And, uh, that, you know, they... If you consider the how impressive the arcade game was to smash this down on the two discs, that's quite a feat. I'll yeah. give Tech credit. They, I thought they did a pretty good job. The game could be faster, but I think that's a limitation of the hardware, given what you're doing. I wish they would have. I wish the fighting system would have been less brutal. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But if you if you get your buddy, you turn on the Infinite Lives, play the. You have a good time. Yeah. Did you look this one up on eBay? I did. I did. Let me have a quick look here in the notes of fun. This one um, was going for, I did find a copy in the USA, which is, again, not often. Uh, the game in the manual, not the box, 25 bucks American. Now, if you're in the UK, you're laughing. You can get this all day for 25 to 30 bucks. And in Italy, I saw one for 25 bucks, and these were all uh, boxed copies. So, still, I, I'm not surprised this one had an American port. This, this, is, this game was pretty popular in the arcades. As as I recall, and you don't you never saw this in the arcades ever, eh? No, uh, it got it got pretty good scores too, uh, all things considered. Uh, you know, I, I think actually we'll we'll say I'll, we'll talk about that later, maybe on the pre-show. I've got a I've got a question related to the arcades. Okay, um, well this game was really all over the map. Get this boat. This is wacky. The Amiga actually gave it seventy four, right? In not in ninety, then they went back and looked at it ninety two, and they dropped their rating to a twenty one. That's brutal. Wow. Uh, Amiga format in 90, when this came out, 42%. They were not fans. Hmm. Uh, Amiga Mania. Amiga Mania, brother. <laughs> I haven't heard of that one. 85% CU Amiga, 85. And then they dropped their score. Uh, they went from, they were 78 in 90 and went up to 85 in 92. So they actually it re- 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 revised it upward, which mm-hmm. is unusual. So I think you've got uh, 80%, 82%, maybe 83% game here, in my opinion. Uh, but I mean, and it's not one you're going to play a hundred times. But man, it would be fun to play it over and over. That's one other thing I wanted to mention. So I just saw that flash on the screen. At the very beginning of the game, you see this like panel, and there are these two red eyes behind it, and sort of the silhouette of a ninja, and that's it. So and then and then the game starts. Well, in the arcade, the ninja blows through the glass. So I thought that was kind of like in in pro wrestling on the Master System, right, where he I, blows through the well, paper. It, it's much cooler than that, but. <laughs> It's it's funny that the the choices the artistic choices they made of, as to what they used as loading screens and stuff. It seems to me like you'd have, it would have been cool to have a picture of the ninja coming through the glass, just like a still of that, instead of just this weird. You can barely see what's so going what, on yeah. on that. So, eh, but still, that's nitpicking there. But overall, good game. I enjoyed that one. Cool. Well, what do you say we move on to Escape from the Planet of the Robot Monsters? All right, okie dokie. So, 
this is a game that I actually played in the arcade back in the day, and I'm, have you you've not seen this one before? I right? have. I never saw this before. So uh, this was an Atari game, and this came out on a uh, at a time when Atari had, was. I don't want to say they were they were waning. But their arcade selection is weren't clear to see strong. They lost their way a little bit at this that's, point. That's true. But uh, this was a, an interesting title. And the fact that it got ported to the Amiga was actually, I was kind of surprised because I didn't think this thing was actually popular enough to really get a port anywhere. So um, this is a one to two player isometric shooter. Uh, well, running gun. Let's put it that way. You play a, 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 an intergalactic commando. That's been sent to Planet X. Now, Planet X has been overridden by a group of aliens called the Reptilians. They have captured Dr. Sarah Bellum. You can see there <laughs> what they did there. And they have uh, uh, are using all the uh, people that they've got on the planet to turn them into uh, zomboids. Robot zomboids that will attack you. And so you these robots are actually people that have been converted to robots. Not all of them, but some of these are just robots. But later on, you'll see some that look like sort of like looks like zombie chicks, and they're the ones that have been converted over. Okay. So your goal in this thing, and it, there's a if you watch the attract mode, which this has, which I like, um, a guy like a drill sergeant goes over a map with a stick. He's like, here's where you're going to go, and. Here's what you're going to do. Here's here's what we need you to do. And the basically the, the key goals are to blow up all the robots, to to rescue all the hostages, to kill the reptilians, and to rescue Dr. Cerebellum. That's the plan. So they drop you off on the on the planet, and you run around with your laser gun in this isometric view, and you are shooting robots. And it, you should think of this as sort of an isometric Robotron, mm-hmm. which is what it reminded me of. Um, so you. Uh, you basically start off and you see nothing but robots coming at you. They don't give you any chance to, to settle <laughs> in, which is one of those games. Uh, basically, you run around these levels, and the levels are very similar. And by that, I mean the goal is pretty much the same. They just add more creatures, difficult, more difficult creatures, and more complicated uh, you know, mazes to go through. But basically, the, the, what, what it boils down to is you... Go around, you rescue any hostage you see. Most of the time it's a man or a woman banging on a computer. And then you, once you get them rescued, they just basically beam up. Then you destroy the, the equipment. You destroy all the equipment around for points, and that's what you're supposed to do. Um, eventually, you will come to a big, big power switch, you know, like a big industrial switch. And when you trip that, the lights will dim, and then they'll come back on. And what you've done is you've uh, you've turned on an escalator somewhere, and what that means is you can now go up to the next portion of that level, which That's will be elevated. One of my favorite Aerosmith songs. Loving an escalator. Loving an escalator. The one thing I can understand is why uh, your hero here can't just walk up the escalator. He has to. <laughs> has to have, We've all got issues. He has in to. Life. Have, the thing <laughs> has to be on. So. With that background, just a quick segment about what you know when this game came out. It came out in '90. Uh, it was on two discs, and one thing that this game does have, which I love, and we just talked about it in Shadow Wars, it's got two-player simultaneous play. Any game that's got that instantly gets points with me because it makes it more fun. And this game is—I've uh, played this with Brent, and it's uh, a lot more fun with two people. You really need the extra help, to be honest with you, because you get smashed. Um, this this game uh, was based on the on the arcade machine, as I mentioned, 
The arcade machine, uh, again, I don't know how popular it was, but I do remember it had a really cool sort of marquee. This is when Atari, you know, remember Atari had 720. They were going out and trying these different things. This game reminds me a lot of uh, what was known as the System 1 uh, board. And when I say that, I mean, if you look at this game, what is it instantly comparable to in your mind from Atari? Take a look and have a have Marble a Madness? That's right. Mm-hmm. This is like, reminds me of running up a reverse Marble Madness board. Mm-hmm. You're, a sin, you're going up the board instead of coming down. And there's even one of the enemies, and this is a big silver marble that just runs you over. <laughs> um, this game is very tongue-in-cheek. Uh, a lot of the stuff in it is played for comedy. Uh, again, when you rescue the hostages, they're banging on the computers. Who knows what? The, I don't know if they're if they're being held hostage, and that's them working. They're trying to beat the you know destroy. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, and you can walk up and shoot them, and they get all blackened mm-hmm. looking. Their hair's all frizzed out. They have this look on his face like oh, which is uh, that's funny. Uh, they also look like cavemen for some reason. They do. It's weird. One thing I've noticed, and I'm again, I'm probably the only person on Earth that thought this, but if you've ever played the Atari game Primal Rage, the 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 uh, captured people in this look a lot like the villagers in Primal Rage, with their little mm-hmm. fur bikinis yep. and their, you know their little skins and whatever. So it's sort of it's what it reminded me of. So I, in my mind, it's the Atari universe, and this is those poor people have been put to the put to the ringer. Another thing that I think is funny is one of the sets of bad guys in this, they look like dream sickles, basically. They're robots. They're orange. Their heads are curved, and they love a mean face written mm-hmm. on them. So there's a lot of wacky uh, stuff in this. Your guy, if you're moving toward the edge of one of these levels, he'll go like, whoa, whoa, and he'll mm-hmm. grab a hold of it and pull himself back up. He's got some dialogue there, he says. Uh, if you break into a, a thing that has food or weaponry in it, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll go like, all right. You know, he, he, there's, got, you know, there's speech in it. The speech uh, sounds a lot like um, the same speech that's in, say, Stun Runner. You know, good luck. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of uh, a little bit robotic. Or or, or seven twenty, the speech in that. Mm-hmm. You know, so whatever board they were using. And I will say, the Amiga people just took it right over. Um, the game's music is good the first couple times you hear it, and then it's not, mm-hmm. and it gets irksome. And what really it was uh, kind of irritating is that when you turn it off, it just turns off all the sound. <laughs> so. You get music and sound effects, or you get nothing. nothing. And I would have kind of liked this with just the sound effects. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> this game, and this only appeared on the 16-bit systems, uh, but this this uh, version of Escape has a uh, sort of a bonus stage where you fly a, uh, a rocket through a maze. The uh, it's I didn't think much about it. I was not good at it. It's hard to tell the depth. Of the of the alley y'all yeah. talking about? It's all the fun of Return of the Jedi on <laughs> inserted into this game. You can see where it's, it's funny how Atari works. I hadn't thought about that, but mm-hmm. yes, it is sort of similar to the uh, to the uh, god awful speed bike thing mm-hmm. in, in the what are the, what were those things called? Four indoor, indoor. speed bikes, mm-hmm. or whatever they're called. Land uh, speeders. Uh, no, that's no, another thing. Speeder bike. Speeder bike. Yeah. There you go. That's it. So basically, this game has a pattern. It shows you a little like path that you're taking, sort of like say outrun. Mm-hmm. You go, you, you have a level, then you may have a, a a bonus level, then you may have another level, then you have a level where you fight a boss. The reptilian bosses uh, have their own level. You just walk up to them for the most part, and you fight them, and uh, and they're if you've got enough bombs built up, they're not too bad. Bombs are something you can pick up. And it's funny because when I owned this, when I had this game back when I was younger, I didn't know how to fire bombs. And I, so this time I had enough common sense to look up 
the docks. And course, I did not, so yeah. I never figured it out. It's How do you alts, fire the bombs? The alt buttons oh, on your keyboard okay. will fire your bombs. Because without the bombs, the bosses are much more difficult. So one, and that's, but that's how you that's how you blow them up. You hit the and the bombs in this, the super bombs are literally located to the exact point where your guy is. So if you if you shoot one, you better be near the guys because otherwise they're not going to do much. Uh, but uh, um, eventually you'll you'll go through and rescue uh, a bunch of people. Uh, like I said, the game does. I mean, this is a rinse and repeat style game. The levels are pretty much the same with just added bad guys. When you get to, I mean, they add some additional uh, uh, problems. You'll have like, uh, uh, they're like the eventually these spikes will shoot out of the wall. It's really neat to see your guy get impaled on them. It's actually one of the gorier parts of the game. Your guy's a guy with two spikes impaled in him. Uh, you could also there are parts of the board that will light up that will like fry you if you hit them. Uh, so you can't walk on them when that's going on. Uh, there are like sweeper arms that spin around that can whack your guy and damage him that way. So there are plenty of obstacles, and there's and that was my biggest problem with the game. There's there's just a lot of stuff, and to me, it's funny. I liked this game a lot when I had it the first time around, but I didn't enjoy it as much this time. Um, I thought it was just frustrating, and unlike Shadow Warriors, where Shadow Warriors was frustrating, but there was a lot of cool stuff to look at. Like this doesn't the artwork doesn't do it for me. I mean. Don't get me wrong, it has a 50 sci-fi feel. That's what they were going for. And it, it does have that to a certain degree, but, you know, you it, it just gets old. I don't actually like the herky-jerky movement that much. Uh, and I was surprised that the arcade did it like that. I, it just I don't do think it I don't think anybody likes that movement. Well, I mean, I don't. I guess they were going for something, <clears throat> you know, maybe, uh, you know, from an artistic perspective. I, I didn't like it. It's not, it's the least smooth movement you're ever going to see on a guy. Uh, the... Uh, Firing from an isometric view. I mean, did you have trouble? What did you think of the whole combat part of this and the running around? What did you think about it as a whole? I guess. Well, here's what I thought, and I don't know because I, I didn't. I've never played this in the arcade. I was like, surely the controls are different in the arcade version. Surely you've got a Tron-style rotating joystick, and you can aim by moving your stick left or by rotating your stick left and right in firing. Because otherwise, it's almost impossible to line up some of your shots. Now, is that the case or not? Well, it's funny. In the arcade, it actually does have a special stick. Okay. Uh, it's called a Hall Effect Joystick. Uh, I believe... I don't know if it's exactly the same or similar to what was in like something like 720. You know, Atari and their wacky controllers. They love that stuff. I mean, I, I own a hard drive, and if you looked at the control panel on that, I mean, it looks like a mad scientist put together. There's a, there's, a, there's a bike chain in there and sprockets and stuff. It's like, holy smokes. So I'm not super... I know the Hall Effect joystick, I think it allows you to shoot 16 directions, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm sure that it was easier in the arcade than it is at home. I mean, here you're basically you just got the old Amiga joystick going to work. It the the firing mechanism. I mean, I kind of do it. I would do it like a lot. I see a lot of people do it. Hold the button down and just sort of spin the direction I want to hit. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but it you're so overwhelmed that it's to me it just it was too much. This is another game that I turned on uh, unlimited live just so I could go through it and play it. You know. And unlike Shadow Warriors, where I turned on Unlimited Lives and enjoyed it, this, which I just found tedious. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't as attractive. 
Now I will you say know, that, this is this is a lot. It's 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 also similar the way that the levels are set up and the way that it's designed to just suck quarters out of you. It's a, it's kind of like an isometric gauntlet too. Yeah, yeah. Well, Atari they knew what they they knew what they did well, and I mm-hmm. guess they just did it a lot. You know, here's the thing about this game, because I don't want to sit here and say this is a crap game. I mean, they did a tremendous job bringing the arcade game home. It is very similar to the arcade. I mean, it's very it's very similar. You know, I mean, obviously you don't have the hard, the custom hardware that they did uh, back in the day, but I mean, they really did a good job converting it. I'm, I'm pretty much a lot of stuff that's in there uh, is it comes home. I will say the arcade version had much much better music. Uh, it plays this tune. I'm not sure you can render this stuff outside of the, the the way it sounds. It's so haunting and weird. I don't know if you checked that out, but I mean, it's really bizarre alien music that they have playing. It's really scary mm. uh, at the at the end of the, when you fight the rep, reptilioids or whatever. It's really neat. Um, the ending of this, I went ahead and watched it to the end, just like I did Shadow Warriors. Uh, it's not that great. It's a couple still shots, and that's pretty much it. The end guy. I mean, it's, it's pretty standard fare. What did you think? What do you think about the idea of a shooter in this isometric view? I mean, what do you think about? Do you dig well, that? Well, I, I think that what Atari was thinking about is, you know, what are what are, what's a property? What's a what's a what's a genre that has done well for us before that we need to put a fresh coat of paint on? And by this time, you know, in the in the late eighties, you could you could do an isometric viewpoint and get a sort of more realistic three D ish view. Um, so this was their attempt to, to do that using, you know, uh, like you said, it's, it's very Marble Madness-esque. Uh, I think it doesn't work. Uh, there's a reason why this machine is not one of the most fondly remembered machines Atari has made. And, uh, but you've got to try new things. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Well, I, I do appreciate the graphics on I really think they're pretty sharp graphics. I like to have seen the gameplay worked on a little bit. I mean, you, do, you can increase the power of your gun if you collect those little green... Um, uh, rubies or gems or whatever they are that, that you know to update your firepower, but I, I didn't see it mean that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the stuff dies with one kill anyway. Yeah. So I don't really know, you know, what what help it gives. What you. I did, I, I I think I appreciated the destructible environments. Yeah. I thought those were animated really well when you blow up the computers and things like that. Um, I, I like that. Um, I didn't really have as much of a like. I re- this game is is designed to just sort of swamp you with everything, so I can't really hold that against. It is kind of neat to see all of those moving things going on, just like in Gauntlet when you played Gauntlet for the first time, you saw eight billion monsters coming at you. You're like, well, that's kind of cool, even though it's really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Gauntlet, does, I mean, this overwhelms you big time. Mm-hmm. I, that's one thing that it's a tough nut to crack. Just adding too many enemies. I don't know why people do that because for me, I, well, again, yeah. games were harder back then. It was it's more because replay, you, you know it's designed to ha- make you put more quarters into the machine. Well, yeah, but you think on a home conversion, they would have a little thought. About no, they it. no, you wouldn't. Well, they are trying to get this game out and make some yeah, money. I suppose you're right, but you know, overall, two players um, better. I think it'd be a. It's a. This is a game where you definitely want to bring your buddy, and uh, uh, you know. If if you don't get bored with the repetitive game style, <laughs> if repetitive it, gameplay doesn't bore you out of your mind, this right. is the game for you. you. Know, I mean, if but I mean, it runs on low specs. It's 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 fun. Like I said, it's it's a, a unique game in terms of the plot and stuff. But it uh, compared to the two, uh, the other game we did today, I would I would rather play Shadow Warriors. Um, this game reviewed eh, middle of the road uh, Amiga action. It's funny, Amiga Action looked at this game 
four times with two reviews. But basically, they give it like an 80. There's an 82. Bunch of 82s. Uh, Amiga Mania, this magazine pops up again with a 63. I'm guessing that was a late entry in the magazines. So you're looking at a lot of the low 80s. You know, which I would probably go a little lower if it was me and maybe in the mid-70s. I mean, like I said, it's not the worst I don't, game. I don't know, because, I mean, are you rating this as a game, or are you rating this as the how accurate was it from the arcade I'm conversion? rating this as a game. As yeah. an arcade conversion, its accuracy is quite high. Yeah. But, I mean, that doesn't mean it's a good game. Um, that's pretty much the long and short of it. Oh, I looked on eBay. Um, the disc's loose, 10 bucks, 11 bucks in the USA. Um, and in Spain, you can get it for 20 bucks, and in the UK, you know, between 30 and 12 and 30 bucks. Italy, I saw one for 42 bucks, so not too bad. Uh, the, uh, the truth of the matter is, the box is probably cooler looking than the actual game plays. Mm-hmm. So it goes. Harsh words from Aaron on this game. No, I liked it though. Hey, I liked it back when I was younger, and it's still <laughs> it's still sort of fun. See, to me, I think it's odd how like you can play a game like Streets of Rage. And that doesn't get repetitive to you, but a game like this gets repetitive. Um, Streets of Rage, more varied bad guys, more varied scenery, better. I mean, the music on Streets of Rage is great, great, off the charts, good in the first couple Streets of Rage. The characters you play are more fun. They have different moves. This guy, it's not a problem with this. Yeah, he's that got is a one move. Problem. He's that got a ray problem. gun. That's You're it. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. If I was a guy battling hordes of robots that swarm me, I'd much rather have the ray gun <laughs> than Fists of Fury That's or whatever. Right. Um, all right, Aaron, we are going to announce our Patreon names, uh, and we're going to do it a little bit different this week. All right. Okay. We're going we're gonna to put you to the test. You put me to the test? Yeah. That's not um, a good idea. So um, these are all of our Patreons, uh, our um, Amigos supporters. So if you support uh, Amigos on Patreon at the supporter level, uh, your name gets read at the end of every episode. I'm going to read the first name, and you've got to read the last name. Now, you're looking at the names now, which you're basically you're ruining the game. Well, yeah, so, but, okay, I'm sorry. I guess we won't do this after no, no, all. No, wait a minute. You, you mean I have to come up with the names like from my memory? No, I'm going to read the first name, and you're going to read the last name. But since you've already scanned the list of names... I, if it helps, I couldn't see them. Okay, <laughs> well, then we'll play. All right, <clears throat> so here we go. Dan. Do I get to look now? So I have to have these memorized? Well, I want to see how many you know. If you don't know, just say I don't know. I don't uh, uh Ross. Okay, good. Leaf. Garrett. Killon. Okay. Sorry, I tickle myself there. Allen. Kebab. Good. Donald. Cowboy Cerrone. <laughs> Donald Tyler. Level. Lord. <laughs> John. Smith. Marshall. Man, you're letting the hometown crowd <laughs> no, down. No, John Smith was, a, was one of the pilgrims. Well, the, yes. I'm that's, so, oh, that's I'm hilarious. not supposed to be funny. I'm sorry. I want you to take this seriously. I these am. Are, these uh, are, I am sorry. Matthew. Uh, there's a couple. I don't know. Peron. Oh, psh, I should know that one. Ricky. DeRosha. Yep. Creepy. Dead. Boy. Yeah. Figgy. Newton. CTZ. The Slow. Norris. Stefan. Marlboro. Sorgard Mortensen. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking, Steph, I was trying to think of the tennis star, but I can't uh, remember his name. Edvin. I don't remember. Helan. Dad gummit. Blendo. I don't remember the number. 
75. That's, I, I see, that's, that's not fair. Come on. Christopher. Folds. No. Hassel. What? what? Wait a minute. Now that's a trick question. Ravi. Abbott. Chris. Folds. All right. Dream. Ketcha. Laurent. Zaru. Graham. Vebke. Brent. Oh, man. <laughs> Pass. Lane. Lenny. Denson. Sorry. Adam. Uh, Bradley. Okay, there's two, so that's fine. Uh, um, O'Brien's. Retro and Vintage. Gary. Hucker. C. Brian. Run. Jones. <laughs> it's one of the Rolling Stones. Oh, that's right. Paul. Kitching. Uh, no. But he... Paul Harrington. Duncan. Styles. Anthony. Jay Lepetamine. Jarvis. Tapes from the... Crypt. Josh. You gotta know Josh. My gosh. Josh Nan. I'm not good with these remembering this stuff. Wh- I guess since I read them every week. Will. Williams. Other Adam. Battersby. Ah. Jonas. Rulo. TH. T. <laughs> Eric. Nelson. Kim Tommy. Huberston. Well, that's close enough. Daniel. Bingston. Brutal. Bear. Akuda. Darren. Nelson. Coles. Bjorn Barman. Jason. Warns. Pixels at. Don. And Kill Bjorn. Wait a minute, who did I just give the Bjarman for? I have no idea what you were talking Bjarman. about. <laughs> so you did all right. I'd say you got 70%. And the other 30%, I at least goofed off for 20 That's of true. Those. That's true. Um, as always, you can watch us every week at 5.30 Eastern Time. Um, we'll be back next week with... Um, oh, what are we going to play? Oh, we're going to play a game suggested by Amigos Game Selection Committee member... Adam Battersby. All right, I've heard this. Is, this is not going to be one of my favorites. I can tell you that because I get. Wow, I, you're a, already poo-pooing. I'm it. a little squeamish around the blood and guts, but oh, yeah? I'm willing to oh. persevere. All right, what is it? This is wax work. Wax. Wax work. Wax work. It might be plural. It might be wax works. Okay. This is. What was that Elvira game? Wasn't it? Wasn't it similarly it's, named? It, no, but this is similar to that. It's a. It's a sort of. It's another uh, point-and-click first-person uh, adventure game. I think we actually sort of semi-covered this. We might have in the uh, Elvira episode. It was the uh, it was the uh, spiritual sequel to Elvira. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Sounds already, good. I already got. I already dipped my toe in the pool on that one. Awesome. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Until then. Adios. Adios.